Hello and welcome to the Gotham City Podcast. Hope everyone's doing okay. This is your host, Seth Stone speaking, owner of the Ally Jets Tour page. Let's get right to it. So, Jets coming off their third consecutive loss against uh, the Dolphins this past weekend, dropping to 3-9. and nine. Overall, it was the first half made you think it was going to be a very uh, exciting game. Wilson was looking good. The defense was playing great. And just it seemed everything was working right. Unfortunately, after a decent start, things slowed down a lot. The offensive line just struggled with protection as in the second half, especially. Wilson was running for his life. The Jets only had three first downs in the second half while allowing four sacks. Those three first downs, one was a uh, Zach Wilson pass to Ryan Griffin. One was that ridiculous scramble that uh, you've been seeing all week where he made a five Dolphin defender miss. And the other was a big Tevin Coleman run where he shed a tackle and was able to get uh, 20 yards. So not a lot of uh, of positives in the second half. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about the game more. Big, one of the big takeaways. Loved what I saw from uh, our our young secondary. Bryce Hall has been dominant over the past several weeks. In Bryce Hall's last three games, he's allowed only thirty two yards on eleven targets, only eleven yards per game, four pass breakups. So yeah, he's been good. Brandon Eccles had a career day registering uh, one of the the highest coverage grade of any rookie on the season and the fifth highest coverage grade among any cornerback. So, you know, did a very good job. You know, it's just really from top to bottom. He played very well. Was very did a great job in coverage. Most notably, he had the pick six uh, at the in uh, the second half, which brought which we were hoping would breathe some life into the Jets team. Unfortunately, offense failed to show up after. Yeah, no, but very happy with what I saw. Bryce Hall had four pass breakups. Brandon Eccles had three. Another player that had a solid game, although uh, per usual, unfortunately, I feel I say this a lot with him. Uh, another brutal missed tackle near the end by Ashton Davis, but he also had a big interception to start the game. He almost had a second, but uh, him, and, him and Bryce Hall were both going for it, and neither were able to hold on. So, he, you know, he also had a very good game. But, you know, love to see it. Unfortunately, Mike McCarter, the second, has uh, taken a huge step back from the start of the season. To start the year, he was uh, playing very well in the slot. And I'd say, really, last two months, really, he's uh, his play has been slowly uh, trailing off to this past week where he received a career-low PFF grade of... 36.5, yikes, last on the jet, last on the Jets team. So obviously not what you want to see. 
So that one's disappointing, but you know, very. I'm I'm very happy with what I'm seeing. But I wasn't sure about Eccles starting the year. His biggest claim to fame was his relative athletic score was one of the highest by uh, any quarterback. So you know, kid's a good athlete. He has a very good combination of size, speed, and explosiveness, which you know, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I think there's maybe 10 corners in uh, the NFL that were drafted in the NFL over the past 20 years with similar measurables. I can't remember. This, that's, a, that's a draft nugget. I can't remember it as well anymore. But, yeah, no, he's he's looked good since returning and uh, really had a huge game on uh, Sunday. Other notable players. Uh, Ryan Griffin had a big game before ending up on IR. He was the highest-graded Jets players. Uh, probably career for, high for him. Can't swear to it. 90.5 PFF grade. And uh, I forgot to mention, Eccles had an 84.2, Bryce Hall had an 82.6. Eccles' grade was dragged down because he's, well, he has been good in coverage. He is atrocious against the run. I believe he had uh, four missed tackles on four attempts. Not a good rate. That's how that is a disappointing game uh, for the return of Michael Carter. I was expecting a lot from him. I needed him in fantasy to step up, but uh, thankfully I ended up winning. Yeah, I ended up winning by point one four in a hundred fifty point game. That's I'm very happy about that. But uh. Uh, in the box numbers is a down game. He had, I believe, nine total touches for only 20 yards, which isn't very impressive. However, big takeaway from that, on those uh, nine touches, he had four missed tackles, which is, you know, pretty ridiculous. He was, Yeah, in his game back, while he didn't get uh, the big numbers, he still showed a lot of what we loved about him before the draft. Uh, earlier in the season, the first guy, the first person cannot tackle Michael Carter. It's a fact. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. I know you guys. You're trying your best. You're getting paid to do your job, but you can't do it. He's too good. He's too slippery. But yeah, so disappointing in box numbers, but overall, not devastated by uh, his performance. Kind of did the best job he could. The Jets' offensive line just struggled in every phase. Lawrence Averney Tardif had uh, his worst game as a Jet. Yeah, it was one of the lowest-graded players at uh, 44.2. Elijah Vera Tucker had another uh, down game. Connor McDermott was bad, unsurprisingly. I don't, I don't like McDermott. I don't know how he is as a person. I don't want to judge him there, but I hate that he's still on the Jets. At no point in his time here has he ever been even – he's never even been bad. Like, that's where the bar is at, being bad, and he can't clear it. He's horrible. He's a complete liability. And a lot of uh, the sacks led up yesterday were due to him, either struggling in his protection or making that – or not picking up the right guy. 
So, and obviously, you know, going from an elite pass protector in George Font, as I mentioned, only one game where he allowed over two pressures, allowed only one sack on the season. And I'm still fairly confident those are the first game of the season where he's at right tackle and struggled. But he's been outstanding. And and then he, he went to McDermott against a blitz-heavy man team down our top two wide receivers. And uh, to touch on that part real quick, Keelan Cole and, and Denzel Mims were the two, two of the lowest-graded uh, Jets players and two of the lowest-graded wide receivers of the week. Keelan Cole got a 49.5, Denzel Mims 53, just... Just bad numbers. There's no way about it. Yeah, so offense, it was not a, it wasn't the Wilson's best game, but the offense really didn't do him any favors, and especially in the second half. I haven't watched film, and I'm hearing uh, in film there were more, there wide receivers did create more separation than uh, we originally thought. You could get that. You give a lot of that credit due to to uh, Mike Lafleur. He was I thought he got one of his best games on uh, eh, one of his better games on this past Sunday. He used a lot of, used a lot of things to try to get the offense moving. I love the tight end screen to Griffin in the second half. I loved the that shovel pass by Crowder to Barrios. I loved it was just a uh, heads. It's just a smart play taking advantage of the rules and uh, giving this offense a little spark to get going. I also love the Barrios touchdown run. Originally, I, I on uh, watching it live, I thought it was a uh, planned run. I was just like, oh, what a smart play. Have Coleman motion out so it looks like committing to the pass and do an outside run led by Morgan Moses. But uh, after watching it, uh, you know, again, it was supposed to be a pass to Crowder, which they completely blanketed, and Barrios, being himself, uh, did it himself. So I'd love to see that. Yeah, it was a a mixed game. I got a question for everyone. Did John Frank Frank the Myers play? I'm pretty sure he did. I can't find his stats anywhere. I don't know why. It's really weird. I tried. Maybe it's because it's too soon after. I can find it on ESPN, NFL, Pro Football Reference. Like, I don't know. All I know is he had an 84.6 grade, but I can't find a single measurable stat to say he played. So I'm confused. Pretty sure he did. Maybe, you know, it's that quite literal off the sack sheet uh, play. But not sure what happened there. And there's another uh, bit of a bounce back game for Quincy Williams and and uh, C.J. Mosley. They got exposed a few times in coverage, which has, you know, been an issue all year. But I can't complain with 25 tackles from my starting linebackers. That's a... Uh, that's an impressive number. Yeah, outside of that, can't think of too much else. So general debts news, lots of uh, lots of COVID, 
two biggest names, Elijah Vera Tucker and Ryan Griffin are heading to I know Elijah Vera Tucker and Michael Carter the second are going to the COVID list. Um, I didn't I didn't appreciate it enough as much when I first saw it, but that is honestly truly devastating because Vera Tucker has been has been very good. His pass protection has been a lot better than uh, what his PFF grade would say. But he's also just a dominant run blocker, and you want your young guys gain as many reps as possible. But the Jets now have 13 players on the COVID list, including nine on the active roster. Wide receivers Elijah Moore, Jeff Smith, and Vincent Smith. Left guard Elijah Barry Tucker, defensive lineman Foley Fadukasi, John Franklin Smart, Myers, and uh, Smart. Linebackers, Dawkins and Azrael Dean. Cornerbacks, Carter II, Lamar Jackson, Sherrod Neesman, and Justin Hardy. So lots of players on the COVID list. They're, yeah, Fadukasi, Myers, Tucker, and more, but he's already on IR, so a bit, I guess not as bad. But that's a lot of very important players to be, uh, to be out. Other news, uh, Ryan Griffin is done for the year, heading to IR with a knee injury. Ryan Griffin, I haven't loved him in his time uh, in New York. You know, he just, he's he's done his job well. He got, the contract he got was a bit too heavy. Was, yeah, definitely way too much for my liking. I believe that was a Joe Douglas decision. And he did uh, his job well, and I would have felt comfortable with him as a tight end too, but... Yeah, I guess you can't blame Douglas with Herndon's injuries and regression and forcing him into a tight end role, one role. Same thing with Croft. But it is likely the end of Griffin's time with New York. He has, he has a fairly large cap hit. We could save $3.5 million by cutting him. And I very much believe the Jets will take that route. Yeah, I guess uh, I'll jump to a few things like that. There's a couple players on uh, the roster bubble. Most notably, as I mentioned, uh, Ryan Griffin and Greg Van Roden on offense are both, uh, I'd say, likely likely uh, cap casualties. On uh, defense, Sheldon Rankins and Shaq Lawson are two more players. I could definitely uh, see the game let go. Rankins has the 5.5 million. What well, we'd save 5.5 by cutting him. We'd save uh, 9 million by cutting Lawson. Hardy's another possibility at uh, 2 million. <clears throat> Two players that have been mentioned, however, I don't. I doubt they, the Jets will move on from them. Are uh, George Font and Connor McGovern? They both have a high. They both have high uh, salaries. Fonts, I believe, in the top 15 or so among right tackles, which is honestly fair for his level of play. And for biggest concern is he's been much better on the left side than the right side. So question is, will he be at? Will he be as good as he's been on the left side when he moves back to the right with the return of Beckham? The other one, Connor McGovern. This one's that's a uh, bit higher possibility. I'd say best case scenario, 
Jets restructure the con the contract. Maybe, you know, toss on another year and lower it to a more reasonable area. Because right now, I believe it's fourth among centers, which Connor McGovern has been a good player, but he hasn't been that good. He's been, uh, he's been by most metrics, a top 10 center this year. Biggest knocks on him are communication issues along the offensive line. But that is only so much on him. There's definitely been a few times where he put the blame on Jets rookie Elijah Vera Tucker, which could be true, could not be true. I do not know. Yeah, so that's that on that front. One thing I'm going to talk about, I uh, posted it on Twitter, and it blew up. This is an all-time, This is a record for me. Uh, my tweet regarding uh, Zach Wilson's performance compared to other rookies other rookie quarterbacks over the last six weeks. Yeah, and I'm almost at a thousand uh, likes, which is, I'm going to say, that's uh, by far a uh, record. I'm at 978, so if 22 people happen to listen to this and have Twitter, hop on my uh, Twitter page, li underscore jets, and uh, find it. Just like everything I posted within the last few days. We, they're all great posts, trust me. Yeah, unfortunately, it is not entirely true anymore with uh, Justin Fields' performance this past Sunday. But overall, yeah, overall, over his last six weeks, Zach Wilson ranks. Second in uh, total yards. Tied for second for touchdowns. And his first in interceptions. So, obviously, I I didn't think I was going to get this question so much as, like, why the last six games of cherry-picking stats. And I was like, that is kind of fair. But, like, he, Zach Wilson has played nine full games. His first three were very bad against three top five defenses, top five passing defenses in the NFL. Even with the regression of the Broncos and uh, Panthers as teams, their defenses have still been top-notch. And also, you know, they're rookies. You expect them to improve as the season goes on, right? So I'm using his most recent performance. I debated including – I started with the Titans game because that was his best game. Is his – it's really – I guess part of the reason I started with this because I saw so many takes by beat writers that uh, Zach Wilson, Wilson has shown no progress through this season, and that's just not true. And so that's what I wanted to highlight. And it's like, I can show you very clear progress. Yeah, in those six games, he has seven touchdowns, four passing, three rushing to uh, – Four interception and now one fumble. Biggest thing, he's done a much better job protecting the ball. His over those six games, he only has a 2.1% interception rate, which is slightly above the league average. Since returning from uh, injury, he's actually he's been outstanding in that area. I believe he'd be rated sixth 
in uh, the NFL if he kept it up throughout the season. Unfortunately, he, yeah, so he has done very well. He, yeah, he's, he's done solid. He, I wouldn't say very well because there's obviously a lot he can improve. He's protecting the ball better, but he's not, he hasn't been nearly as explosive as he was in the earlier weeks. He's wowing you less throwing. His, before, he was making, he threw a lot of bad interceptions, but he also was making some gorgeous throws, some beautiful deep passes, especially that Titans game. He had three, he had three passes of over 50 air yards, which is ridiculous. And, but, since we haven't seen that as much since then, accuracy has been an increasingly big issue. Just, he's been struggling to put the ball on the money. There's a lot of high, low, behind, too far ahead, a lot better, too fast. He's gotten a bit better about that. He still needs to work on his accuracy. Biggest, biggest issue in that is his, you know, just pure fundamentals. His footwork has gone much loppier. His he never he hasn't uh, he hasn't uh, established his base when uh, making these throws. Another issue is he's kind of he's trying to guide the ball where he's just kind of pushing it a little as he lets it out, which uh, skews its route a little. There's a lot of things. Part of it's confidence. Part of it's uh, you know. Part of it's fear. He's been one of the most. He's still been one of the most hit quarterbacks on the season that has picked right back up since uh, since coming back from uh, injury despite him getting the ball out significantly faster. Yeah, but so that's a big thing for me. He, he's been making far better decisions. He's, he's consistently this game... I can't, I can't, uh, I guess, I'm not going to talk about it, I suppose, because I've seen some people saying uh, that wide receivers are more open than we originally thought. They haven't released these uh, reviews yet. I don't have a game pass, so that is TBD. But overall, he's been making, he's been forcing way less passes, been protect, making far better decisions, isn't throwing into double coverage is going through his reads and finding the open guy or going to his check down and letting uh, them make the play, which has been what fans are begging for throughout the entire, uh, throughout all of his injury. He is now doing it. I w- he does, he definitely needs to, uh, he has definitely taken a bit of a step back as just a pure thrower. But as I said, I think that could be fixed part of it some people are saying it'll take you know the off season to work on I don't know if I would say that's completely true but I don't know if we'll see a significant improvement before the end of the season yeah so I'm I'm trying to think of what else there really is to talk about not too not too much I could think of big news you know Seahawks lost again last night are staying in the eighth overall pick you head down to Jet X Factor. We have outlined the strength of uh, basically your rooting guide for the rest of uh, the year. To so, what's the best situation for the 
which teams to root for to get the Jets the best possible draft picks. It goes based off strength of schedule, anyone that's playing the Seahawks or Panthers or teams uh, that are ahead of them in the draft right now that could win a game or two. Seahawks, Seahawks pick is definitely the one I'm more interested in. Obviously, you know, the first round pick, potential top 10 right now. It has a pretty wide range of where it could end up. They are all but eliminated from playoffs. They would need... I'm not 100% sure, but it's definitely over if the Saints are able to win a game. If the Saints win one game, then the Seahawks season is done. If... Yeah, the Seahawks pretty much need to win out, which they have an easy schedule, so it's possible. They play the Bears, Lions, and then the Cardinals in weeks 18 now, which who knows if they'll be uh, resting their starters. So, yeah, they need to win out, and they need the Saints to not win another game. Other teams on that radar are the Vikings and Eagles. I'm not 100% sure on uh, all the tiebreakers. But yeah, so there's three teams that are 7-7. Seven and seven. The Seahawks are 5-9. and nine. If, any, if any of those teams wins one more game this season, then it is the Seahawks season is likely done. If the Seahawks lose another game, their season's likely done. It's it's gonna be it's close. Obviously, the Seahawks are a good team with Jamal Adams getting hurt. The defense looked very good, uh, much better last night. Unfortunately, Russell Wilson has not seen has not been the same player since a returning from injury. I was. A huge issue last night. There's several deep passes that uh, he that were open, but he just didn't have the he couldn't didn't have the ability to get it there. There's a huge one to DK Metcalf in uh, the fourth quarter, which if he's able to hit him in stride, would have been an easy touchdown. But Metcalf had to come to a complete stop to track him back, which allowed Ramsey to come back and break it up. So. Wilson still having issues throwing the ball. Lockett was out last night. Not sure how long that will last. But depending on how things shake out, the Seahawks could quite literally be picking anywhere from the second overall pick to the 32nd as of the moment. I'd say uh, if they miss playoffs, they'll be anywhere from 2 to 17. It's unlikely that, you know, the Lions... That that'd be the Lions winning out, um, the Jets winning out, the Texans winning out. So that's not very likely. Most likely, the highest their pick could really move up, I'd say, is sixth overall. Which you know they need to lose out, and the Bears would need to a beat the Seahawks and then tally another one somewhere else, which is possible. But. If not, I'd say the early teens is a very real possibility. Yeah. 
given their schedule, I'd say we're most likely in the 10 to 15 range, which I'm not too upset about because that's honestly my favorite range of the draft. With uh, the top of the draft, you usually have, I feel you're always pigeonholed with a top five pick. Even in uh, the top 10, you're still, there's still players where like you have to pick them no matter what, regardless of what the concerns will be just because the potential is so high or they're just tape is so dominant. Meanwhile, in the 10 to 15 range, you get the blue chip guys that are, are, that are the, among the best players in the draft but have lower positional value compared to the others. We saw last year because Micah Parsons was listed as a linebacker. Now he is listed as an edge rusher, is near top, has one of the highest passion rushing grades in the NFL, and is a is a semi legitimate legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. So you know, that also had to do with a lot of scandal he had at Penn State, which has very funnily not been brought up a single time since joining since joining the Cowboys, but, yeah, so, some players have, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, finish off, this is what, how I want the draft to go, first off, top concerns are tight end, guard, linebacker, and safety, guard even not as much, because just re-signing Lauren Duvernay or, or signing to any serviceable guard in the in the free agency, there's several good ones and a lot of serviceable ones, would be enough to make me feel comfortable. But uh, yeah, I want first off, I want the Jets to attack all these positions in free agency, signing veterans. For the most part, uh, I want them to go nuts. I honestly like them to stick in the mid tier. Sign uh, one or two mid-tier tight ends, linebackers, safeties, where you're at least getting a solid veteran starter, one other inch, one other depth piece to compete for a spot, and so we at least you know, is those positions drag down the entire team this year, whether it be incompetent play of the starters, looking at you, Greg Van Roden, and Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin or incompetent play and injuries, looking at you, safety and linebacker. But also, yeah, so back to the draft, this is what I'd love to do. Personally, Hutchinson Orthodox will slide to four. Here's my reasoning. Either the, either the Texans or the Lions will pick a, uh, pick a QB in the top with their first pick. And I'm like, I'm not sure which one it'll be, but the NFL is so league, so uh, quarterback driven nowadays. And while, yeah, they're just, they're probably, they're going to go early. It's just like one of them, if uh, for, for them, I doubt they'll both pick quarterback. There isn't nearly a high enough second prospect. But people are huge fans of Mackerel, who has been great in uh, Ole Miss. And uh, Kenny Pickett from Pitt has also uh, been shooting up draft boards. And next, 
The Jaguars are another team, but I don't see them going uh, picking either. They've, in the past four drafts, they've picked three defensive linemen. They picked a defensive tackle. They picked, and they picked a defensive tackle and two edge rushers in the first round and their last three drafts. This was the first draft where they broke that trend. So I very much uh, think that they will they would not draft another defensive end. For me, what makes most sense to them is either Evan Neal throughout the offensive line. Trevor Lawrence has struggled a lot, and a big reason why is his offensive line sucks. Either, if not them, Derek Stingley, Cal Hamilton, a lot. There's a lot of people that make sense that for them over a defensive end, even if uh, Hutchinson and Thibodeaux are arguably better players or usually in a more valuable position. And so, yeah, so I think the Jets, it will slide to four. The Jets are pretty safe in uh, their spot. Even if, even if uh, we win another game, I believe we will stay in uh, the fourth overall spot. Yeah. Yeah, checking it. I'm pretty sure we stay put if uh, we win. We'd win. We'd need to win two more games, and that only pushes back to six. But that, you know, as I mentioned, would likely take us out of uh, the hunt for Fibrox or Hutchinson. So, yeah. Sorry, rambled a bit too much there. So, yeah, take Hutchinson fourth overall. If the Seahawks, I'm going to go with the current location, which is eighth overall. My best case, trade back into the mid-teens. Add an additional, using the Jet X Factor Simulator. I was hoping to get another second. Honestly, I think we could get more, just based off historical trades. Yeah, good. Uh, I guess I'll go on another quick tangent. Yeah, historical traits. I think we could legitimately get another first for sliding back. Last year, the Eagles got uh, their additional first, trading back from sixth overall to, I believe, only to the 12th. And they got a additional first-round pick. So, yeah, I think we can get one. In the simulator, I got a third and fifth which not too upset. I only slid back uh, five spots. And then uh, when we're in that position, two prospects that I see going in that range, Amal Gardner out of Cincinnati. I love him. To me, he's a, he's my cornerback number one in the draft. What is that based off? My personal preference. But, yeah. I, either I love Amal Gardner at cornerback Cornerback isn't nearly as big of a need to me as it is for many fans. I'm a huge fan of Bryce Hall. I li- I've liked what I've seen from Brandon Eccles for the most part. I don't know if I want him to be as our starter moving forward, but to be our backup, I um, would be very happy to have him. But, you know, to having two lockdown corners and a great defensive line would be a very good recipe for this defense. Another player I like, Devin Lloyd. Linebacker out of Utah is another big name, which would go a long range to shoring up uh, our defense. So, 
generally I've been leaning, uh, I'm leaning a bit towards Lloyd just because I know he will be available there and linebacker to me is a bigger need than cornerback, although cornerback is, uh, has a higher positional, positional value, Jesus. Yeah, so attack defense. We're gonna, we'll go with we took our defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, second round. Trey McBride, I've been hearing great things about from tight end. Um, willing blocker, good and just good catcher, good after the catch, good catch radius. All the things you want to hear from a tight end. Pick him in the second. Then Jordan Battle has been one of the best safeties in the in uh, college football this season. I've been seeing a lot of mocks going with him going in the early second with the Panthers pick, which Jets have one. So we're gonna be taking him third. Then in our third round with uh, trading out of the seventh or eighth now. It is uh, we got, I got an additional pick. Two names I like there, Daniel Falafel. I'm um, I'm not sure how to say it, uh, but I like him. Uh, he's an offensive tackle slash guard. Yeah, he's actually been sliding. Uh, Brandon. Yeah, I don't know. I want them to go guard or tackle, guard. Yeah, guard, tackle, or center. Any any position on the offensive line. I'm leaning towards interior, but uh, developmental offense tackle for the future doesn't hurt either. And, uh, yeah, another player I like a lot, Brandon Smith, linebacker out of Penn State. He's, yeah, he's just overall been a solid player. Penn State has been generating uh, some solid linebackers in recent years. Mike Parsons was uh, the biggest one, obviously. And... Yeah, just more help at linebacker, which is just really, linebacker is my biggest concern. Safety, there's a lot of just, there's a lot of good to decent safety options in free agency. Linebacker, not nearly as much. Then after that, I'm not going to try to, you know, figure out who's around, but just to target, just targeting the offensive line. Add another wide receiver to or tight end, safety, corner. Really can't go wrong. Kicker. But yeah. Yeah, but especially my first uh, four picks, I, I've pre- I locked into them pretty early. So once the season ends, I will do a much deeper dive into uh, into the draft class, and I'm also going to be reviewing the last two draft classes, A, to see where uh, the Jets team ranks, and B, to just kind of figure out how the draft likes to operate, general positional value, and the such. Uh, but that is all for now. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Have a nice day, and uh, I got a jet.